0: Why I do not invest with Kuetsal? Scam, incompetence or just too many red flags? Here are my concerns. Kuetsal Review 2019 I have until now only released the good interviews I had with platforms I trust. They are the most fun to write and focus on. I have been holding back on the bad ones. They are not so fun to write. In the large number of interviews I did, there were some that left me thinking, I just cannot invest my money at this platform. The meeting with Kuetzal was unfortunately like this. I have several concerns and reasons for why I will not invest with Kuetzal and I will sum them up in this article. I visited Kuetzal at the end of June 2019 and after the interview I decided not to invest with them. Below I share some parts of the interview, that was all part of my final decision to not invest with Kuetzal. Concerns about experience and use of specialists. Georg Do you have any specialists in real estate at the law firm that you outsource to? Or do you have to go to another company when you have a real estate project? Alberts, honestly, I don't know. I think so, but I don't know every lawyer's competence. This was the first question where I definitely expected another answer. As Kouetzal has 12 real estate projects out of 29 in total on the platform, I would expect them to have some kind of real estate experts supporting their team, as they clearly have very little in-house competence in real estate every platform that has real estate projects. even Kuetsal agrees that finding good and solid real estate objects is not easy and there are not a lot of them. So they need help in picking the right ones for the investors on the platform. I definitely expected the CEO to know about the law firm's competence in working with real estate projects. Georg, before an interview, I usually take a look at LinkedIn to see what kind of work experience the people behind the platform have. When I look at your profile, you have very little experience. You were a back-office manager at T-Presta for six months, an intern at Vivender for four months, and four months as a financial operator at Twinero. I see that all of your work experience is at the same time you took your bachelor's degree from the European University. Was this full-time work experience then? Alberts, the four months at Twinero was a full-time job when I just arrived in Barcelona to begin my studies. The internship at Vivender was part-time but I was with them from the beginning and this gave me a really nice background to start the Kuetzal platform. Georg, if I look at the LinkedIn profile of Roman's, your project manager, it shows that he is straight out of school and has no work experience other than with Kuetzal. However, on the Kuetzal about page, it says he has been working as a civil engineer. Can you tell me a bit more about that? Alberts, maybe he did not update his LinkedIn profile with all of his experience. Romans worked with a company that produces Windows. I think he worked as a sub-engineer. Then he worked for a real estate construction company, but I am not sure about his role. We try to keep the team young because if we hired someone who is 50 years old, it would be hard to find a common language. Georg, what about your COO, Russlands? He does not have a LinkedIn profile. Does he have any prior work experience? Alberts, Russlands does not have any experience in peer-to-peer but I trust him and asked him to come work with us. So Romans and I trained him for about three weeks to a month, to teach him how everything works. He has also looked at other platforms and he met some people from the industry. Georg, I also looked at your board of advisors. Rina Signatovics and Janis Bartesovics. These people have more experience, but they are not located in the office on a day-to-day basis. How much do you consult with these advisors? Alberts. Rhinus used to work for Swedbank and he gave us a piece of advice that we needed at some point. Janice is more involved. He has experience in real estate, so if we have a question we can call him. I very much disagree with Kuetzal about the importance of a young team. Hiring someone with more experience in finance, real estate or peer-to-peer would most likely give the company a much better foundation for picking good projects and protecting the interest of investors. I told Alberts that I would like to go to a meeting with him together with Janice Bartasovics to get some more insight into how much he helps Kuetsal, but I did not manage to make it happen during the couple of months I stayed there during summer. The board of advisors has now been removed from the Kuetsal About Us page, but you can access an old version of the About Us page on web.archive.org. This makes me wonder how much Kuetsal actually consulted these two advisors. The reason why I drilled into the experience of the Quetzal employees is that I had, and still to this day have, doubts that they have the knowledge or resources in place required to pick the proper projects for investors. Alberts told me that they reject 90% of all loan applications, but I just did not see how they have been able to pick the remaining 10% that should be put on the platform. Recently, Alberts and the rest of the employees at the Riga office left the company, and the office in Riga has been closed down. It has been communicated that Kuetsal now has a new CEO, Maxims Ryutovs, who has some more experience. However, as I understand it, he currently has no written contract with Kuetsal. So for the time being, I am not really sure if anyone is actually employed at Kuetzal. I find this situation quite concerning. Victoria Gorzok, the registered owner of Kuetzal, is now also on the about page. There is a lot of talk on the forums and social media about how involved she really is, and that she may be a front for someone else. This is all just rumors so I will not comment too much on it in this article. But some of the details that people are starting to dig up concerns me. Lack of due diligence of projects and borrowers. Georg, how is your due diligence process when you consider onboarding a new project? Alberts, first. We have an initial meeting to get the first experience and learn something about the people behind the project. Can we work with them? Are they educated? Many different things. We then look at their financial statements and reports. We check that they are official and not involved in a scam or breaking the law in any way. Only then we start to discuss the terms and establishing the contract itself. In the case that it is a real estate project we also use a lot of time checking that the mortgage is sufficient for us to be involved in the project. We also check the evaluation of the specific building. This process usually takes a couple of weeks or even a month. Our team is quite busy and we are currently looking for a few extra employees. For example, an affiliate manager. Georg, so when you do your due diligence, do you get a second opinion? Alberts, sometimes we involve Janice as an advisor. Other times we involve people who we do not mention on the platform. It could be someone with deep knowledge of the logistic market. We have several of those types of projects on the platform. On every project, we try to get an opinion from some representatives from the market. It seems like Kuetsal is at least asking for an opinion of someone who knows the market when onboarding a project. However, Kuetsal recently changed their terms of service page and under paragraph 5.6, they now state the following. The portal operator does not perform any due diligence of the borrower, or the project to me. This basically translates into that whatever application for a project that comes in, can be put on the platform without investigating the potential risks involved. I personally do not have the time or the capabilities to do proper due diligence of any of the projects on Kuetsal. So for me to invest with Kuetsal would be a huge risk. I expect the due diligence to be part of the service that a platform delivers to their investors. We now start to see several examples of projects that, had due diligence been performed, would most likely not have been made available for investors. One of these is the Alborg Petroleum Project case investigated by Explore Peer-to-Peer. The investigation they did could have been done by any investor without any deep knowledge. The problem is, most investors don't look any further than the project description on the peer-to-peer platforms. The explanation for this usually is I only invest 100 euros in the project, so it is not that big of a risk for me. But what happens when you have 100 of these projects onboarded without due diligence in your portfolio? Is it a big risk then? I expect that proper due diligence or scoring has been done on the platforms I invest with. If a platform does not perform any due diligence, it should be much clearer than a paragraph buried somewhere in the terms of service page. Many investors will completely overlook this vital piece of information. Concerns about buyback. Georg, I see that, for example, All of your real estate projects have buyback. However, if the project defaults and the buyback kicks in after two months, where will the money for the buyback initially come from? I mean, it could potentially take many months or even years to go through the proceedings in court and then sell the assets. Alberts, it is basically coming from our pockets. We have to involve our own money, of course. So all the buyback we are posting we can guarantee. Georg. Coetzal is a company and you say that some money for the buyback could come from your personal account. So the money for the buyback is not actually on the company account? Alberts, no. If we don't need them we don't see a reason to do that. Georg, so what is stopping Coetzal from just declaring bankruptcy if you get into a situation where the money in the company cannot cover the buyback? How can investors be sure that your own personal funds will cover? Alberts, well, it is a question of trust. So nothing basically is stopping us from doing that. Except that I am not that kind of a person who would do something like that. So it is a matter of trust in the company. When it comes to buyback I prefer that it can be fully covered either from a margin in the company or some kind of provision fund. Alberts seems like a good lad, but I really don't count on him putting forward his own personal funds. To cover any buyback at Kuetzal, when he is not the owner of the company. Now that Alberts has left the company. I wonder how Cuetzal now plans to cover the buyback in the case that there are not enough funds in the company. Concerns about cybersecurity. Georg, how much does Cuetzal focus on cybersecurity? Alberts, our outsource partner, who does our IT, runs two projects at the same time. One is about IT maintenance and the other is about IT security. So we are using his service to protect our website. I am not educated in this field and I am not involved in IT cybersecurity, but we are paying extra for this as it is very important for us. As I used to work in IT myself, I poked around a bit on the Kuetzal website and quickly found a vulnerability that could enable script kitties to gain access to some investor accounts using brute force tools. If you had reset your password and did not change the generated password after a reset, it scared me a bit seeing such an obvious security vulnerability on an investment platform. I do realize that if someone got access to an investor's account, it would be highly unlikely that they would be able to transfer any funds to their own account. However, it would give them access to some personal information about the investor. I told Alberts about this and sent an email to him and their IT partner, explaining the vulnerability. I am happy that when I checked today, I could see that the vulnerability has been patched. I am not sure when the vulnerability was patched, as I lost interest in the platform after the interview. However, I created an account without making any investments to be able to receive emails about new projects and other communication from the platform. On the 14th of October, KuetSal investors received an email about an attack on the KuetSal website. Even though KuetSal reflected the attack, to me it seems like the hackers may have gained some kind of access or at least that Kuetzal had doubts about if the attackers gained access to some investor accounts or maybe the database. These are all pure speculations, though. However, I have not received a similar email from any of the 23 peer-to-peer platforms I am currently invested with, even though I am pretty sure that they have all, at some point, had attempts to attack their website. Full audio interview. Final thoughts about Kuetzal. With the Alborg Petroleum Project case, and the recent statement that Kuetsal does not perform any due diligence on projects or borrowers makes it all fall apart for me. This is a high-risk platform in my own personal opinion and I will not be investing with them. Jurgen, another Danish peer-to-peer blogger, who has been investing a large amount with Kuetsal for a while and used to be pleased with the platform, recently decided to make a buyback and withdrawal request and he now plans to exit the Qatsal platform. If possible, even with a loss. With the recent development, this change of heart is very understandable. He shares a long list of concerns about Kuetzal, including concerns about several other projects on the platform, besides the Allborn Petroleum project. I really hope that Jürgen and any other investor who decided to make a withdrawal request by sending an email to Kuetzal manages to get their money back on their bank accounts. But please don't panic if it takes a little while. Remember that we are in the middle of a holiday at the moment. If you want to read a little more about the current concerns about Quetzal, Explore Peer-to-Peer also published an article with their concerns recently. Share the knowledge, your opinion and get answers to your questions. Have you already invested with Quetzal? What do you think of the platform? Am I being too negative towards the platform? What do you see as the pros and cons of the platform? Are you thinking about signing up? Are you thinking about leaving? Have you made a withdrawal request within the last few weeks and did you get your funds back on your bank account? Please leave a comment below. If you know someone who may find this interesting, feel free to share this article with them.